You heard that one. Okay. Two blondes walk into a bar. You'd think one of them would have saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Best chat, dad joke. Go. Oh, here's one. Um, a horse walks into a bar. Bullshit. The bartender says, why the long face? Mm. And the horse says, uh, I just found out I have terminal cancer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in this week to the Mental Health Monday podcast. Uh, just to give you guys a little warning, we will be talking about such topics as drug use, suicide, and self-harm, as well as stress and anxiety. Um, so just to give you guys a little heads up, if that's something that bothers you, um, to just be aware that these will be topics that will be discussed this week. And again, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. This week on the Mental Health Monday podcast. Let's pull the plug and see, or pull the trigger, not pull the plug. And <laughs> That's dark. See, what's, uh, sorry. All right, we're about to get sad as fuck. Adult apple juice. I loved apple juice growing up. My mom always said that if I drank enough apple juice, I would turn into an apple. But she also said that about carrots and Skyline cheese conies. And I didn't turn into any of those things because I wanted to be a lion. So those that's are where we're at. Th- those are three very different things to th- yeah. threaten your child of becoming if they eat too much of it. It, it makes you wonder growing up with the red hair, too, if you have, eat so many carrots, if that's why, like, all my body hair is orange. I mean, all my body hair is orange. So that kind of makes you suspicious. She also told me that if I swallowed a watermelon seed, I would end up like my pregnant cousin at the time. That didn't happen either because I swallowed a watermelon seed. So Okay. Now that we're getting into our traumas and just uh, life lies that our mothers tell us, welcome to Mental Health Monday, the podcast. This is a pre-recorded filler episode. It could be next week. It could be five weeks from now. But um, I called Ben uh, a few days ago and I said, listen, I've been thinking a lot. Um, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm kind of stressed out and I don't think it would hurt to have a filler episode and I'd like to just talk about stress and get a few things off my mind. And he was completely down. So that's what uh, this episode is going to be about, most likely. So, Yeah, I've, I've definitely felt the stress lately this week, um, or really the past couple of weeks. It's partially, I guess, like growing pains, partially, just like aging in general. Oh, so you're not I'll, getting taller. Correct. Okay, I didn't know I'll, if you... I'll get into that later, like when we kind of dig in a little bit more. Um, But like that and combined with, you know, now that we are kind of, I don't want to say out of COVID because there are still people that are, you know, struggling, especially in other countries. I know like Brazil right now is having a really tough time with it because they just don't have the resources. Now that we are in the U.S. at least kind of moving away from, the whole kind of lockdown pandemic thing, you know, a lot of places are not requiring masks anymore if you're if you're vaccinated. It's a transition period again. It is, and I've I've found that I've almost like overbooked myself socially. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> kind of like at the oh end my of God. my social battery the past like week. And I like I enjoy getting together with friends and it honestly like kind of in a way like gives me life but at the same time it's like it's a I've lot had, yeah I've like I've had so many different um 
like parties, get togethers, even just going out for lunch that now it's just like, I'm just worn down. <laughs> I'm me, like I worn feel down like it, socially. They start to turn into obligations rather than commitments. Like, or like yeah. plans turn into obligations. Like I've said I was doing this. So now I feel like I have to give you my time to do it. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's like once you commit to it, it's like, okay, I could be an asshole and lie about it and mm-hmm. say, Hey, uh, I need to rain check. Like I'm not feeling too well. Or, you know, I mean the, the option, for, I think, for both of us, because we're both too nice of people, is just <laughs> to do it. <laughs> Go and suffer through it. And then you end up enjoying yourself. But exactly, yeah. you feel it the next, like, it comes, when it, because we and you both have extremely busy lifestyles. And um, before we get on to all of this, we'll do our three positives. But it's just more or less just an overwhelming sense of, like, I haven't gotten my day off. Like, I've had days off, but I haven't had my day off. Yeah. And it puts a lot on you because it's just more or less you're not thinking about yourself, and it's really selfless, but at the same time, it can also be selfish, and we'll dive into that. But So to start off, you've gone first the past few times. So my three positives for the week, uh, day, whatever, um, we're recording this. July 4th was uh, two days ago, and uh, we are in the new month of July. And one of my positives is that going into a new month, I always set goals for myself. And I didn't set any for uh, May, and I didn't set any for June because I slacked off and just kind of went with it. But July, I wanted to make the goal to do better as far as personally and mentally. And I wanted to push breaking records for myself, uh, breaking goals and uh, things that I have experience with and can do personally. And I want to break those goals. So exercising more, I want to exercise at least five days a week and on my Apple Watch, close out all my rings. That's a goal I have. I'm not a reader, um, never have been. I don't even read my own Facebook posts, but I want to read a book this month. And if I finished a book this month, it would be overwhelmingly impressive for me because I don't read ever. Um, I have a shit ton of books up here. (laughs) So I went on the way down. If you need to look through them and find one that sounds interesting. I've got two in mind. Um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by, um, what's his name? Um, More... I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's, if you were listening to this, you probably know who I'm talking about. He's a comedian. He's a podcaster, author. Uh, he made a sequel to it, but it just tells you how to let go of stress, which was would be good to do a second part of this episode after I read the book and kind of take away what I gained. And then uh, Ted Decker's uh, Dead, or Better Off Dead. Uh, he's one of my favorite authors growing up, and I never actually finished a book of his, but I did enjoy what I did read from the books that I partially read. So just breaking goals, um, setting personal records for myself and then breaking them. Um, I think that'll help a lot with my confidence and mentality. And I know that I can do it if I put my mind to it. Obviously drinking less is going to be a huge one. And I did, uh, 30, 30 days cold turkey and what was it, April. Uh, and so I know with that mentality, it's like I can do it. I've just been choosing not to. My second positive of the month and the week is that um, I'm just really excited for all my friends. Uh, all my friends are doing really amazing things. Sarah just bought a house recently. Um, Q is getting back into music and promoting and getting some big names and big shows uh, you, you're also growing as far as just 
experiencing life and doing more things with your job and uh, with uh, your wife and just seeing all my friends really succeed and start to come up and all of us grow together. It's really just been helping me a lot too. And then I will say that my third positive of the week is that we are in July and um, it's it's a good time because I like the heat. Even though we live in Ohio and it's 90% humidity at 100 degrees and people are miserable and everybody here complains about it, I don't take it for granted and I absolutely enjoy it. It's something that I don't know why I am this way. I don't know why I like it to be hot. I don't know why I sleep with sweatpants and a sweatshirt on and my fan off. I, I just do. I really enjoy the heat. Um... So I think it's going to be, uh, it's, it, I'm, I'm content with the weather and it makes me feel, you know, just a sense of like, it, I'm happy with the heat. I like the sun. It's weird to say, and you don't have to get it. You don't have to appreciate it, but it works for me. So I'm really happy that it's actually starting to get a little bit warmer out in a kind of negative to most of you way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the total ops. I mean, I, I like when it, it's warm out, um, I like wearing like a t-shirt and shorts and, you know, being comfortable. But yeah, the humidity like is pretty nuts in Ohio. Um, But anyway, that's a negative and that's not what we're doing right now. Um, We're doing positives. So uh, my first positive, uh, which is kind of this week is I get a four day work week. So like I, my first day back was today and then I just have, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then next week, I'm actually off Friday. And so I get another two, four-day weeks in a row, which is nice. Another positive, which I actually was actually just a development today. Um, I had a good friend hit me up, um, who he's probably listening to this, my good friend, Alon. Um, he is coming through. F- uh, he's doing kind of hitting a couple different states yeah. and just hanging out with people and stuff. So he's going to be coming by Thursday and just hanging out um, and spending time. Which would be awesome. I think it's been, uh, well, it's been over a year since we've seen each other. I think the last time we actually got together was at LDB, which which we, we were, were at. Yeah, it's um, a great show. Yeah, incredible show. And so it'll be good to to see him and and connect and catch up and everything. Um, so Alon, if you're listening, um, this will obviously be in the past. <laughs> so by the time you hear this, you would have already been here and gone a long time, but um, I know you're probably listening, so what up? Um, Third positive is kind of the same that you mentioned, is uh, just getting getting back into, like, new fitness goals. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been going back to the gym now for, I think, three months-ish, since about early May. And to answer your question, I'm still not coming with you. I know you have that guest pass and all, but <laughs> nah, that ain't for me. Come on. Even I can we, break you. We even wrapped up an episode previously, and you're <laughs> just like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym real quick after this, or try to decide you want to come with me. And I was like, I thought I was done for the day. I mean, right. we wrapped up at 1130 that night. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's like one of those things that I think when you, like you were saying, like when you set goals for yourself, um, it kind of just keeps you going mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a positive way to challenge yourself. Um, but then, you know, you just also have to remember, and I, I have to remind myself this all the time, especially like this past week, I've had quite a few days off from the gym Yeah, and it, it's just all about like, 
you know, you're meeting your goals and everything and, and doing your best, but you also have to remember like not to beat yourself up, beat yourself up about it. If you know, you miss a day or, or maybe, you know, you have a day that you just kind of just not really feeling it. Yeah. Um, you just have to push past those days and get to the next one because there's a good chance that, I mean, we all have our off days. I mm-hmm. mean, mentally, physically, like the other night I had a night where, you know, I, I forced myself to go and it, it was all right, but it was just one of those nights where I'm just like, I'm not really feeling it. Even um, sudden events can happen where it exactly, just blocks yeah. it. You know, I used to think that when I went to the gym a lot that I needed to think of it as an obligation. Mm-hmm. And I still do somewhat, but when you think of it as something you have to do, um, I mean, it's good to like keep yourself committed and keep yourself like hold yourself accountable. But at the same time, when you think of it that way, it can become really draining for you and it can become something that you kind of resent because I like to think of it as a, as like almost a reward. Um, okay. I think of it as like, I'm going to the movies or, Mm -hmm. you know, going to the zoo or something, you know, like something like entertaining uh, something fun to do. And in a way, it is a reward. I'm benefiting my body by yeah. physically maintaining it and keeping up exactly. to date with, you know, my personal and physical health. And then I think also there's been great studies and ties to, you know, working out and how it boosts your positive attitude and gives you yeah. a serotonin, not melatonin, I was going to say. Yeah. But it just gives you that overall endorphins start flowing when you work out. Yeah, I mean, it, it releases endorphins. It just, I mean, it just makes you happy. I don't know. I feel good Mm -hmm. when I'm like, actually while I'm working out and then like, I get that kind of thing when I get, get back home and I still kind of have like this like energy, like kind of a high from it. You're Um, like, I don't know how I got to come down from it and you have to have your rest on it. But it's like the healthy, it's like the best high for you like <laughs> health wise coming home at 1 30 a.m and be waking up your wife and be like listen i still got energy what do you want to do you want to go swimming you want to go right go, go skate with me like we can do a photo shoot right now i've got a flash like I, I'm, that, I'm ready that reminds me of one time um i want to say it was like four years ago or something um and i was in the middle of doing this workout program where it was like workout and diet mm-hmm. and i ended up cutting like 15 pounds and there was one night in particular that, no, it wasn't like a night. It was actually during the day. I went to the gym and I got back home. And this was like when we lived right down the street from a bike trail. Yeah. I get back home. I'm like, I still have all this energy. I'm going to go ride my bike. And I, ended I do up that shit riding, so much. I ended up riding <laughs> my bike like four miles after I got back from the gym. I do that so much. I guess it, for me, it's like especially after shows, like it's especially if one wraps up at like 1030 or 11 and you get yeah. back home. And it's like because I, everybody who knows me knows that I'm a night walker. Uh, my normal routine is like I go to bed at anywhere between 4 and 5 a.m. and uh, wake up at around 1 to 3 p.m. And that's kind of like my sleep habit and schedule. But it's just like anytime something ends, like at like before midnight, it's like my day's just starting. Like that's <laughs> right. like like I'm ready to go. Like what else are we doing tonight? And living in Ohio, it sucks because there's nothing there's to do not after two, do. and you're just like figuring it out on your own. And that's what we, you know. We skate and we make all these things, and we yeah. just walk the streets. And but going back to uh, kind of what you were saying about it. If, 
feeling like it's an obligation and then you're going to have days where you drop the ball and then you don't go and things like that. Um, I'm recently in the middle of watching Suits, the TV series that everybody else has watched except for me by now. And there was a line in it, or I paraphrase the quote, but um, one of the characters was basically saying, I think sometimes we, when we disappoint ourselves, we look for satisfaction in other areas, yeah. or we look for accomplishing and, and self-accomplishment self in other areas when we're disappointed when we drop the ball in one area. Yeah. And that's kind of how, I like, I've never related to something more because I overcompensate for, I, I'm a very self-critical person. If you've ever met me, if you've ever talked to me, I am my own worst enemy, and I critique myself harder than anybody I know. Um, and that includes my mom, uh, my, my managers, anybody like that. I, if I make a mistake, I let it consume me until I fix something else. And it's a very negative trait that I have, and I realize that, and there's no way to more or less fix it. But I think the be- thing that Sarah's been helping me a lot with lately and then uh, my therapist and some of my other closest friends is talking about how you are a human being and you're allowed to make mistakes and we all make mistakes, but you have to find out uh, why are you making mistakes for one? Is there a source to it or is it because you're a human being? And I think that, like we were saying in the beginning of this, is I overbook myself all the time. I don't stop. I have a busy life. And I take on more than I can handle without knowing it until I'm in the deep end. And then I start realizing, oh, shit, like I can't do all this without help. And then when you look at help, you're looking at help is more or less a phrase that I'm using to say, I need people to assist me with things. Not, I'm not saying that it's like I need mental help because we all do, and I'm working on that. But it's more or less I can't do this alone, and I realize it. But now it's the point where I can't find this help, and I'm in over my head, and then my brain just starts rushing. And I'll give you an example. It's like with skateboarding, working a full-time job at 45 hours, doing this podcast, shows are coming back, and I'm helping co-promote and book with Q and a few others and even putting my name on a few other shows. Um, traveling is back in business. I've got vacations lined up. Spending time with my mom, who is, uh, for lack of terms, if we get into it, uh, her memory is deteriorating. And I look at all this and I'm like, that's seven things that I'm fully committed to and where's my me time? In fact, where is any time that I have? Like, I don't have time to sleep even. And it just becomes very overwhelming. And I think that's one thing that I want to work on. And we'll talk through it in this episode and see, you know, if we can find any closure, things with that. But yeah, I, um, I can relate to that hard. Um, you know, it's a lot of, I, I have like a, mental picture in my head of my week mm-hmm. and I I don't really know how to explain it other than like I see like the week and like everything's just blocks yeah so there's like obviously Monday through Friday there's a big block that's work each day yeah and then I have another block that's like making dinner slash relaxing time and then there's another block that's like going to the gym and then there's another block that's sleep basically if you were to pull up a schedule of your iphone and it's like those blocks with the time frame lined next to each other or is it's it... kind of it's kind of like that visually but like i don't actually 
make the effort to do it, like do that on my phone, mostly because, you know, I'll, I'll put things in my calendar that I need to remember, mm-hmm. like as far as events, because I, I forget shit all the time and I'll end up either double booking or I'll end up saying I can commit to something. And then <laughs> a week later, I'm like, wait, I have to tell one of these people I can't do that it. I can't do it. I remember that status I made in May where it was like, things are opening up and I've already, it's not even July. I said, it's not even June and I've already managed to triple book myself for a date in August. So if I made plans with <laughs> you in August, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because I realized that and it's just like, you you think of a date and you're like, yeah, I can do that. It's fucking in June. It's not even right. Like May. It's so it's like far I, away. You're not I even can, thinking about it. Right. And then I look at it and I was like, oh crap, I have three events this day <laughs> and now I have to scramble yeah. to figure out prioriti- which one's the priority. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that. that's kind of how I manage, but the point I'm trying to make is I look at these blocks during my week and I'm like, wait, where's the mental block? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Where's the time that I can just sit and just be? Yeah. And a lot of the time that is either before or after I go to the gym where I'm just kind of, you know, sitting on the couch and we're just watching Netflix or whatever. What is mental time to you? What do you do for your mental time? Um, I mean, there's a few different things, um, but the two main things are um, either playing PS4 Mm-hmm. Xbox which I, for life. <laughs> which I don't really get a whole lot of time for anymore. And the other one would be just sketching, like doing art on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, and coincidentally, like when I really think about it and break it down, those are the two things that I do the least of per week. Yeah. And then I look at my week and I'm like, wait, something's not right here. Yeah. Like, you know, I... I have the gym block and that's that honestly partially is like mental health time for me because um, I can kind of get out of like the rest of the world and I'm just in it's an individual. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just kind of like in the zone and, but other than that, like there's not a lot of time that I'm left to do those things that are kind of like me time, like mental health time. Mm hmm. If only you could play PS4 while you're on the treadmill. Right. Like, honestly, I don't remember the last time I took a day off just to take a day off and just have a mental health. You just called in and said, I need my personal day. Yeah. Like, normally it is the days that I have off are because of, you know, vacation or I'm going out of town. Um, It's never like, oh, I'm I'm going to take this day off in two weeks or whatever to just sit and do whatever I want. Right. And just be me, not have to worry about work and not have to worry about, you know, cooking dinner or doing stuff around the house or mowing the lawn. Just like, just to sit and like get mad at video games (laughs) for a couple hours. That's what I had texted you about too and why we wanted to do this filler episode, which is bitter. Like it it goes both ways. It's a two-edged sword, but it benefits us in the end because... It, we both love doing this, and this conversation is going to help us through the rest of our weekend. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll help some of you guys. But at the same time, it's 
doing a DIY podcast and a startup right now, this has been more time consuming than I anticipated it to be, more or less. But at this, and so, and with Ben, Ben does all the editing. I want to add, and he does an incredible job. So. He spends, you know, anywhere, we'll record episodes on Saturdays, and he'll have them edited and ready by Sunday at midnight. And I, he does an incredible job, and I just, please go appreciate Ben for his editing. But it's more or less of, like, we know it's an obligation at the same time, and I know it's only an hour, an hour and a half, two hours out of our personal day, which can be a lot. But to have filler episodes, I think sometimes they're necessary because there's going to be weeks where he's out of town on vacation, I'm on the road, I'm on tour, um, I have to work, we don't get a guest. and But by doing a filler episode or two episodes a week pre-recorded, I said, hey, this will benefit us because when we need that week off, and he'll tell me, I was like, hey, I can't record today. We need a week off. We'll still have content ready to deliver, but we'll have our personal time too. And I think that's a big thing that we're going to find balance with because we are both learning as we go with this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there were a couple times that I kind of attempted to step into the podcast podcast world and really I was like doing it all on my own. And so I was, um, booking with guests on my own. I was recording the content on my own, um, very haphazardly, of course. Um, I was editing all on my own and I was running, you know, the, the podcast page and, you know, uploading the links to SoundCloud to get out to podcasts and all that. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, doing it by yourself, like it's, there's no way you it's could. crazy, especially in today's <laughs> world. You doing a startup DIY. There's no, and that's what I thought about too. I was like, there's no way I could have done this on my own, or he could have done this on my own. And we both bring very strong assets to both aspects of this podcast. And it's just one of those things where it was like incredibly timed right teamwork where we just said let's pull the plug and see or pull the trigger not pull the plug <laughs> and that's dark see, <laughs> let's pull the trigger and see what happens and if it works it works and if it doesn't at least we tried something and so far thank you guys so much because i believe it is working we are in south korea now and uh we found that out so thank you so much we don't know any south korea but looking at all the stats and the views and i don't care about the ratings i don't give a shit about them Ben doesn't either. It's no. more or less just the goal at the end of the day is to help impact one person and change their positive mentality for and help them with whether it be a coping mechanism or relatable issue as far as like today, stress, anxiety, bipolar. That's the goal at the end of the day. So, but um, on to more stressors and uh, the adult life that we're living. Um, what do you. What's going from 20 to 25, what changed us? What were your stressors back then? And what are your stressors now? Um, I feel like they are, some things are static, like they've stayed the same. Mm -hmm. In other areas, it's changed. Like when I was, I'll even go back to like 18, 19. Yeah. Back then, like, it was, the big stressor for me was, um, f like, finances. Yeah. Um, I didn't make a lot of money at the time. I still don't make a lot of money, but... Right. Um, I didn't make a lot of money at the time, 
And there were times that I would have to borrow money from people to put gas in my car. Yeah. Or to, um, you know, I'd have to borrow money from my dad to meet my bills. And so eventually when I hit like my early 20s, I kind of like made this conscious decision to financially separate myself in a way that like before a lot of my finances were attached to my parents, which Mm -hmm. like isn't a bad thing. Like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Most people have that. Yeah. But it was like this whole thing of like, because these bills were like under my parents' name, I felt like, okay, if I don't make this payment, like it's not a big deal. My parents will help me out. Mm -hmm. But as I started to grow and as my wife and I started to get more serious as we were dating, we had this conversation. I, you know, I had an internal conversation, but we also had a separate conversation that like, I need to financially distance myself, isolate myself, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, so that like, I honestly, I hate like stress, but I feel like when pressure is put on me, I perform better, better because I'm always like terrified of the outcome. That's, Mm -hmm. that's why like big things, big tasks stress me out. It's not because of the task itself. It's because of the outcome. Mm -hmm. I'm always afraid of what the outcome is going to be. And so like, that was like my early twenties. And then when I got to 25 and like up to now in 27, you know, I started making a little bit more money. Um, we really didn't have any problems paying the bills and also still having extra money to go out to eat every once in a while or do fun stuff, go on vacation, save up to go on like big trips like London. And now it's like the things that stressed me out when I was in my early twenties are like kind of coming back a little bit more and not like the financial stressors. It's more of the stressors of like, I see how other people are do. I see what other people are doing, how other people are doing. And I'm like constantly, and I've been doing this for the last 10 years, constantly comparing myself to my peers. God, that's the worst. And seeing like how, you know, I would have friends that I went to high school with that would be going to great schools, doing great things, having these like career jobs, like out of high school. Oh my God. And relationships, marriage, children, just living a social media expected world. Like society's standard world. Yeah. Like, um, and I always felt like I was like behind and now like as I'm getting closer to 30, like I'm going to be 28 next month, which is kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome to my life. You start to, I think like when you hit like big milestones, you start to like self-reflect a little bit more and take like a personal inventory of like your life, of just everything. Yeah. And like there are a lot of positive parts of my life, like shit that I really can't complain about. Yeah. Like we, you know, I'm happily married for se- over seven years now. Um, uh, we are in a house that, you know, some things are falling apart, but we're, you know, we're taking care house. of it. We're meeting all of our bills. We're recording in his house, not mine. Yes. So that says something. Uh, I mean. We are able to do little extra things. We're able to have fun weekends and, and stuff. But there's still like this part of me 
that like when I was 18, 19, mm-hmm. when I thought about like, oh, when I turn 25 or by the time I turn 25, like I'm going to be doing my career or I'm going to be doing something that I love. Mm-hmm. Right. And now as I'm at 27 going on 28, I'm like, okay, what gives? Like I, it's still hasn't happened. Like I'm, I'm happy with my life, but there's like certain aspects of it mm-hmm. that I'm like, I feel like I should be further along. Yeah. And I, f- I hate having those thoughts because like I'm the kind of person that I am constantly reminding other people <laughs> that like everyone has their own timeline yeah, and everyone moves at a different pace. And just because you move at I'm not even going to say a slower pace. You just move at a different pace Mm -hmm. because life shouldn't be like, oh, by 20, you should be dating. By 25, you should be married. By 30, you should have a kid. By, you know, and and by this time, like, if you don't have a house, like, what are you even doing? I think that people don't know anything that's going on ever, and the advice you get from people telling you what to do is all bullshit. And I know that's a bold statement, but if you really step back to think about it, it's like... People want to give you advice when you ask for advice. Now, whether that advice is something that they want you to hear or you feel like they feel like you need to hear this advice and phrase this way, because I mean, you uh, look at my team. My team are the closest people next to me. They know how I operate, they know how I work. So if I come to you, I come to Sarah, I come to Gardner, I come to anybody and ask them a certain question, or I say, I'm really depressed, I'm struggling, I'm still single, I'm going on 30, I should be in a relationship, and kind of what you're saying, I'm judging everybody around me who's happy in a relationship, and we'll get into the conversation whenever I'm ready to do that, still working on that one, but if you know, you know. Um, It's more or less, they come to me and just say, you're doing great on your own, and there could be a reason for this, you'll find the right girl when you're ready to find the right girl, and it'll be perfect because it'll be meant to be. And it's like, that's great advice. It calmed me down for that 60 seconds, but what about the next six days when my mind goes right back there? It's like, you know how I operate, but sometimes it's like, what if you we flip that script and you, you were blunt with me and said, listen, Karsten, you're going on 30. You might not ever be in a relationship again, man. And I'd be like, what the fuck, Ben? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like it's an honest answer. And that's what I think we we need sometimes. And yeah. I'm not saying do that when people ask advice. Don't be a dick about it. But at the same time, try to find... I think for me, what I would say is like if I if I ask people for advice, the one thing that they everybody knows about me is I, I'm fully transparent with my responses. I don't try to sugarcoat anything. I don't bullshit anything. I tell you exactly how it is and how I see it from where I'm standing with the situation or the circumstances you presented me. Yeah. And if you say, listen, I have this idea, I'll tell you to your face, I think it's a shitty idea and you should move on. I think you know, instead what I would do is this, this, and this. And it's not always what you want to hear, but you didn't ask me for what you wanted to hear. You asked me for my advice. Yeah. And, you know, do it politely, though, because that's, you know, how we are. Um, but, yeah. yeah, just with the, the, the standards of just, like... It, People can give you shitty advice, but you accept it because you don't want to... I don't want to hurt those people's feelings and say, okay, thanks, that didn't help at all. I'm thinking back to, a, like, a question that I get sometimes. Because, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, like, 
you know, my wife and I have been together for about a decade. We've been married for seven years, which like still doesn't feel real. But at the same time, to register that was seven years ago. God. At the same time, it like feels like we've been together for longer. But um, that was like really cliche. I might cut that out. Did you go from your parents to her? Did you have a, a? Did you have any time on your own, or is it like from them to her? Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Like I s- said about like financially isolating myself, mm-hmm. it was kind of around that same moment that like I decided like it was time to um, like move out, and it was kind of like at that moment. I think I was nineteen. And I already knew that I was going to propose to Katrina. I already knew that we were going to get married because we kind of were on the same wavelength. So it was like, okay, I'm going to propose to her. Like 99% sure she's going to say yes. Like there's always that 1%, right? Yeah. But it was kind of like a natural progression to like, well, you know, at that time we were still dating. We weren't engaged yet, but we were talking about it, you know. Mm -hmm. This thing is an important conversation to have. Um, and I remember thinking, like, the natural progression is to just, if I'm going to spend the rest of my life with Katrina, like, why not kind of test the waters in a way? Yeah. And so I ended up moving in with her and her mom because I was like, okay, we're going to be living together for the next foreseeable future foreseeable future 70 80 whatever years or if we get hit by a bus we get hit by a bus whatever that's my dark humor creeping out there we go um so it was like okay um we need to make sure that we are compatible living together you mm-hmm. know uh before we actually like really commit to this like we need to make sure that if we're living together for an extended period of time we're not going to rip each other's heads off mm-hmm and so, yeah, it was like a progression, like straight from that to that. And I think like it doesn't work for everybody. No. Which is going to lead into kind of like my next thought is that like there are people that ask me, I've gotten the question a lot, like what's the secret or like something along those lines. Yeah. It's like a successful marriage. And I'm like, mm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Remind me to tell you my question. I get it after this. But I like I know the secret to my marriage I know this se- I know how I know that the things that I know make Katrina's her happy secrets <laughs> I know <laughs> I know what makes her happy I know what pisses her off I know what makes her tick and so I know how our marriage is successful it's because we know each other we know each other's feelings we know what's going on we communicate and we support each other lift each other up yeah. But, like, the next couple is going to be totally different from us. So it's like, why would, why do I want to be irresponsible and tell you, like, this is what you need to do? Because that's what worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, like, be straight up and just tell you, like, there's, like, big things. Like, um, you need to communicate. You need to be honest and truthful. And you need to be present. Like, honestly, if you're those four things, like you pretty much got it made. I mean, there's there's other things that go along with it, but if you communicate, you're honest and truthful, and you're present, like, that's going to, like, push you further than any other advice I'm going to give you. 
What's the difference between a, a constructive argument and having a fight in seven years? What do you say the difference is between those? Um, I mean, a constructive argument normally stems from... I would say in a constructive argument, somebody is right. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a constructive argument is like if I notice something that Katrina's doing, a behavior maybe, um, and I see like, oh, something's wrong with this. She's not going to say reacting incorrectly, but like she's reacting to this in a way that doesn't make sense. And I feel like if I level with her and kind of explain to her, maybe we can kind of learn from the situation. And it's the other way as well. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm reacting, overreacting or reacting like in a volatile way. <clears throat> and then I feel like argument, I feel like nobody's right. Yeah, like a fight. Like a fight, nobody's really right because fights are normally about, I've learned that are about things that are totally solvable if you just like, talk directly mm-hmm. and just um i mean just talk like if you just like sit down and actually talk about the situation rather than like raise your voice rather than getting angry and if you are getting angry kind of learning to like push that feeling down to like get to the root of like okay why am i angry like i'm not really angry at this person like i'm angry at the situation that's happening yeah and it's stressing me out, and so and that stress is just making me mad. Do you go defense or offense in fights? Um, I definitely go defense. I like, do too. Um, I don't normally like to attack the other person, whether it's in my marriage or with friends or whatever. Yeah, we're not talking about Katrina at this point. Just yeah. In like, I'm really, like, not an aggressive person at all. Yeah. I've never been on the offensive in arguments. Um, I'm always defensive kind of like de-escalate the situation mm-hmm. because like I've met, mentioned in earlier episodes, like I don't like confrontation. I don't like conflict. I think there's like constructive conflict, but confrontation like is never really like a positive thing. I feel like it just always ends badly. Mm-hmm. And so like, I've always been the kind of guy to just like, um, like there've been times I've never been in a physical fight with anybody, like a serious yeah. physical fight with anybody. Four and O, baby. Yeah. Four and O for me. <laughs> and I think, honestly, it's because, like, there have been times where it's been close where somebody is, like, getting in my face and I either just turn and kind of just, like, walk away and ignore the situation or say, like, hey, like, chill out. Like, I don't want to fight. Like, I understand why you're upset, but, like, just, like, chill out. <laughs> yeah. You know? Not calm down. Chill out. Let's talk. Like, where is this coming from? Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, the question that I get asked a lot, is, thank you for mentioning it, Ben, um, is uh, how do you do it all? Like, who? How, how do you handle it all? Is one that I get daily about. Like, people see my lifestyle and they see me and they say, I don't know how you do it. And I hate when you say that. Please don't ask me anything else or just <laughs> talk to me about anything else because it's like I don't do it, you guys. Like it, what you see on my social media page and what you see in real life when I'm attending all these events and have six things lined up for one single day and then to be you know, responding to all these messages and I, I don't do it really well. I, I'll tell you that. I slip through the cracks and I feel like uh, kind of what you're saying is like being under pressure 
I perform my best, and I've yeah. talked about that previously too. Is just like I, like when there's go back to suits quotes, but when there's a gun pointed to your head and you say, I didn't have a choice, you have 167 other things that you can do with that situation. And you have to find them. And I have always been a man to look for an out with everything that I do. Always have an out is a motto that I've lived by. It's something that I recommend for everybody to have just some for, sort of escape to like say I can get out of this or I won't put myself in a situation that I'm not personally comfortable with. Yeah. And I think that too you're talking a little bit about money and um you and me both uh we uh, okay so I want to say we have experienced the taste of real money with commissions with certain aspects of life. We are not rich rich. Do not rob us because you won't make it out with <laughs> more than 10k. But Good luck. we we have we've experienced money both personally and our life experiences and we know what it tastes have a taste of it for and we have also been on the flip side where we have been dirt broke and had not we had to ask uh, people for money off the street or our friend next door and you know there's times where even ben and i will loan money from each other just depending on situations um and one thing that i wanted to bring up and a topic that you know is really relevant uh does money solve your problems so it's a transition with that you're thinking of 99 problems right now, as Jay-Z once said. Um, does money solve them? I would say, I mean, money only really solves literal problems. Yeah. Having to do with money. Yeah. Nothing else, really. Um, like, I think on the flip side, like, when people say money can't buy happiness, like, I think that's bullshit. Yeah, um, if you have I think I money have. can buy happiness. Um, a lot of the time, it's it's temporary. But when you think about the um, bigger picture, mm-hmm. like I, like if I was if I had the same life situation I had now, like I was married and everything, and we were living on the street or living in like a shitty apartment apartment or something for like you know, that there's roaches crawling over the wall. I mean, I feel like it's largely like the mindset Mm -hmm. of it, of I know that when I was 17, 18, 19, I was working in food and I didn't have that many hours. I wasn't making money. Like, I was not happy. Mm -hmm. Like, I really wasn't. And I think, like, there are a lot of situations back then that if I would have had more money at certain times, I would have been happier. Yeah. Because I would have been able to pay my bills. (laughs) I would have been able to fill up my own gas tank. And that would have, I think, helped me mentally. Yeah. But really, like, that's the only only thing. Like, money can't really fix you being sad. Yeah. Like, if you're truly depressed, like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. And, like, the perfect ex- examples is when you see, you know, these um, celebrities, musicians that s- say have the world, yeah. you know, that's what we think. Um, you know, I, I think of, you know, Robin Williams. I think of Chester. I think of Kate Spade. I think of Kate Spade. I think of 
Chester Bennington. I think of Riley Gale. I think of Chris Farley. Chris Farley. I think of um, which he's still with us, but Wayne Brady, who speaks a lot about his mental health, mm-hmm. because you see these people and you're like, okay, they look happy. You know, they're a comedian. They have a lot of money. They're in CEOs. movies. Like, there's no way they can be as as sad as I am. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world with three Bentleys in your driveway and still be just fucking sad. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's, <clears throat> there's so many th- things that you can, like, really try to fill, like sadness with or like an emptiness that you feel yeah like I know when like when I was younger there were things that I tried like um I'm not saying like this is not a bad thing but like you know I I smoked weed a lot yeah when I was in high school and for me it was like I know like for a lot of people it's like it's very you know medicinal and it, it does help like I honestly believe that it should be legalized everywhere. Yeah, um, that's a medical benefit. Exactly. Um, but for me, like the purpose of it was to, I don't know, like forget everything else. And so, like for me, it was a negative thing, at least at the at the time, because I didn't really know. Like for me, it was like, okay, like I'm sad, but if I get high, like I'll just forget about it. You know. It's like me with drinking, and I think a lot of people always say it's like you drink so much. It's like when you figure out what you're running from, I think you're going to drink less. And I said, I was mocking, oh, what am I running from? I'm just like, I'm not running from anything, but I know they're right. Everybody who's talked to me about it, and I, I'm an alcoholic in a way that it hasn't personally affected my life um, negatively, to say, yet. Um, I do drink a lot. I'm aware I drink a lot. Please don't bring it up with me because we're going to have an argument and it's just, it's, we're working on it. Future episode, but you're saying about weed. It's, I drink to remember and some people drink to forget. You got high specifically so you could forget. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, it just made me feel like silly and goofy. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I would just laugh and, you know, listen to music and watch stoner movies and like, just kind of like forget about it and we do it's never my thing i i tried it a few times and i don't know if it with people are bullshit me but with having red hair i don't know i was just really paranoid every time i smoked it i didn't enjoy yeah. it i didn't like the feeling i didn't i there was one time where i it, one of my first two or three times that i ever smoked i got so high that i couldn't feel my body and i did i did not like it at all I just was like, this is not for me. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't feel in control of myself. I didn't feel in control of my body, yeah. my mind, and I didn't like that. It freaked me out. Yeah, like, some something I found out, like, actually recently, like, I had no idea about it when I actually did smoke, because um, I haven't smoked in years, um, is that um, if you chew on black peppercorns, it's supposed to, like, help, like, paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um which I, I do, I do want to say, like, to, to anybody out there, um, make sure that, you know, like, I've never had a problem with other people, like, using drugs as long as they are not 
harming other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but just make sure, like as a little disclaimer to, you know, if it's something you're thinking about doing either for medicinal qualities or just for recreational purposes, um, to do that in a controlled environment with people you trust, um, I think, you know, that's, that's important. So I can agree with that statement. We also, personally, I don't approve of Coke and I don't approve of meth and I don't approve of heroin as any sort of experimental drugs. Um, I wish you wouldn't, um, because there are other options out there than to try something like that. But I mean, to each their own and we are not here to judge anybody. And on that, we are going to crack second round because this conversation is about to turn serious no just kidding it always was all right we're about to get sad as fuck (laughs) Uh, the one thing i realized is you have to know for me it was i never knew what to do with my money uh, that I had like there when you have uh, money and not an abundance amount but in a more significant amount than you know what to do with or how to handle it it was like I never knew what to do with this like I was very irresponsible with my money for a long time too um, shopping therapy was a go-to it still is Amazon's on my phone uh, if a flash sale pops up in my email oh on on its way yeah it's news (laughs) and i you know it it helped because for a minute so i thought and uh i would get these packages and i would get six packages a day for the longest time and i'd be like christmas every day this is fucking (laughs) lit and then i'd realize what am i doing with all this shit like this it's all clothes i have 120 t-shirts already i'm getting 40 of them for free from my sponsors you know, it's like, what am I doing with, and then, like, I'm like, okay, well, what would benefit me and others, and so I started buying merch from all the bands that we booked, and all the bands that came through, and I'm like, I don't make me happy, I'm gonna spend all my money on them, well, shit, now I have another 60 t-shirts that I don't (laughs) know what I'm gonna do with, when I just said my problem was buying t-shirts and albums, and I can listen to their music and support them, rather than giving them a direct donation, And it's like, it never, I never came to closure of like, and there are things that I've bought that benefited me. Like, don't, I'm not saying that, but it's like, I could do a lot of things right now, but deciding what's going to benefit me while also, I don't want to say pleasing others for lack of terms, but also benefiting others in a positive way Yeah, and being responsible with it. I was like, I'm still 16 at heart. If it was up to me, I would buy a house in California that's out of my price range that I would lose in three years. I would buy a jet ski and a truck so I could take the jet ski to the uh, lake or the ocean. (laughs) And then I would just be living a California stone lifestyle. But that's not who I am either. So it's not, I think it's all about like finding what works for you. And um, I'll tell a story real quick of uh, this uh, lady I know who works at my hometown Kroger. Um, I won't say her name, but she is at the age where she's able to retire. She is single um, because she is widowed, unfortunately. And, you know, just an amazing person, an amazing light. Every time I go to the checkout lane, she's just so, you know, bright. And I asked her one day, I said why are you still here? Why are you at working at Kroger? You have, you know, you're able to retire. You're working with the union. You can take your compensation and run. 
And, you know, it's like, why, why stay here? And her response was, because I haven't figured out what I want to do. And I, that really hit me. It was like she's working to keep busy because she doesn't know what she wants to do, even though she's in the position to do anything she wants. Yeah. And it's, it kind of makes you think. It's like, you know, I've dreamed of this podcast. I love this podcast. This podcast is our baby that we formed from the womb, and now we're making something out of it with Mental Health Monday. But I think that for me it's like you don't know where anything is going in life ever either. Yeah. You know, this could be 15 months down the road. This could completely flop and we could just disbar the whole thing. Or 15 months down the road, we could be successful, quote unquote, sellouts working for a company who's providing us with resources. And if that's you, please hit us up. Save our yep. souls. <laughs> uh, but it's just like, I mean, I think money is a stupid and tricky thing because... You know, we never, I never see my money either. You have to understand it's like none of us do. Money is just a number that you read on your phone. Yeah. You never really see the money that you have. And it's weird to say it like that, but think about that. You never see the money you have. You just see a number. Yeah. And what that number means to you is different than what that means to the person next to you. Like when you, (laughs) I, um, when you said that about the, about how the worker at Kruger answered you. Um, I kind of like never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I can kind of think of the situation, like imagine, you know, most people, like, especially I would imagine in her generation, like a lot of people start working much younger than people work, start working now. Right. Um, like maybe even 12, 13 or even younger, like if they work on their family farm or whatever. And they're basically working like their entire life up until they are 65 to 70 or whenever they decide to retire. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you've been working and doing this like, um, uh, like schedule this like routine for literal, I mean like five decades basically. Mm -hmm. And like you get to that end point where you're like, oh, I can finally retire. And you're kind of like, wait. Like, what, what do I do now? Do? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Like, there's now this eight to nine hour period in my day that used to be dedicated to work mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, you know, four, four or five, maybe even six times a week that it's like not there anymore. So you're like, now I have to fill this with something. Yeah. What am I going to do? Like, and you I, can make I get any that. Plan you want. And it's weird for us as millennials, too, I always think, because there's. I won't dive into it, but, like, there's always that talk of, like, well, when we grow up, we're not going to be able to select, collect Social Security because it won't be available yep. and whatever. I mean, what whatever happens. We both have 401Ks because we are somewhat responsible yeah. by now or have started them. Yeah. And it's just a weird thing to think about as far as, like, you know, money in the future. But uh, Sarah Tolley said to me once, and I li- think about this daily, she said... If everything went according to plan, life would be boring and predictable. And I think about that daily because I am a man of routine and ritual, and I take things according to plan and what my schedule and mentality says, like you were talking about with your blocks. And for me, it's like I know mentally how my day is going to play out, but if something interrupts before 1 p.m. on my shower, when I take my shower, 145, 
and something interrupts my day before I even start my day, it throws me off my rhythm for the rest of the 12 hours following that. I didn't prepare for that, and now I'm scrambling to figure out how am I going to make the rest of my day work because I just got blindsided with this. And uh, I got to work on that. That's the one thing I got to work on, and I think that stresses me out because that's... I operate mentally under the impression that every day is going to go to what I think it will be, but life is unpredictable, and we can't do everything according to plan. And it's a really hard thing for me to accept sometimes because I'm selfish, and I want my day to go the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. But look at all the excitement that happens from it. Yeah. I mean, that's like... That's with my blocks that I kind of use, that's like uh, how I do things a lot is like when I wake up in the morning, I literally like run through my day. I'm like, okay, I'm about to take a shower. You know, I'm going to go to work. Um, I'm expecting this, this, and this to happen at work. Hopefully this doesn't happen. Hopefully this customer doesn't call in. Right. Um, And then I'll go home. We'll make dinner. We'll sit down for a little bit, go to the gym I'll come back home, have a protein shake, take a shower, go to bed. And, yeah, like, uh, I'm a lot of the way where, like, if something kind of interrupts, it kind of, like, push, like, it doesn't really throw me off. It just kind of pushes everything back. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I have, like, less time. Yeah. But, like, there's um, there's this really good quote um, by Mike Tyson, of all people, um, that everyone has a plan Please to... Please imitate him. I'm not going to. Okay. Um Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. And that <laughs> that is so <laughs> true it. because like when you think about it like like oh Mike Tyson said this like in the, face, in the context yeah. of like boxing like obviously you get in the ring with somebody you're in a fight like you're like oh I'm going to do this and this but then you get knocked the fuck out and yeah. you're like okay well that didn't go as planned. And yeah like we <laughs> like we both have had instances where like we Literally have a plan. Physically. We have a plan, and then all of a sudden you get a metaphorical just punch in the face, and you're like, okay, well, like that ruined my whole plan, and like you just have to learn to adjust to it and kind adapt of just run it. with it, adapt, yeah. And I think that's what we're talking about with dealing with uh, being under pressure. It's like when you're forced in that scenario and you you try to be thrown into the corner of the ring, it's like we look for a way out. And that's our first thing that we do is like, Mm -hmm. how can I get out of this? And when you realize you can't find your way out of it, you start throwing punches and saying, all right, you hit me, let me strike back. Right. And you have to take it head on that way. There's only two options, but mentally it's just... It's a lot to do for people with certain mental disorders who don't function that way or haven't adapted to function that way. And I think that's kind of a big thing that uh, a lot of people struggle with is just finding a balance and a rhythm with things in life. Um, Transitioning into the positive um, and the positive aspects with all this to kind of wrap this up and bring it home uh, we all get stressed, and I think how we handle stress is uh, dependent on who the person is. I think for me, my takeaway to make it into a positive on how I manage stress, uh, I don't. I really, I don't manage stress well at all. Um, I 
a lot of times when I get to the point where everything is stacked up and I can't find an outlet and then I start to find myself, whether it be drinking more because I don't want to be stressed and I want to just forget, like you said, and start drinking in a negative way, whether it be because I want to start writing and not to say drunk text my friends, but late night text my friends and just say, I'm in a bad place and, you know, replay the cycle over and over again. But for me, it's going back to coping mechanisms and distractions with my mind. I think the biggest distraction that's been a positive for me is I enjoy comedy. I like humor. I like laughing. And when I find myself in a spot where I am overwhelmed, anxious, stressed out, buried with you know, agenda, and I realize, like, I'm as serious as this episode has mostly been, I need to break, and I need a break of laughter. So, for me, one thing that I find that often helps when I get this way is I'll turn on a podcast, Two Bears, One K, with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. Love that. I'll turn on Steve-O's with this Wild Ride or Wild Ride. I'll turn on uh, Nate Bergatze, um, his podcast on Nate Land. Something that I know will bring me comedic relief and make me laugh. Regardless of if I'm sober, if I'm drinking, it just brings excitement and happiness. It makes me laugh. And when you, any Netflix special, turn on any Netflix special. And that's what personally helps me. And it might not work for you, and I'm not saying it will, but it will definitely distract you in a positive way because laughter is the best medicine. So that's kind of what I do when I start feeling stressed and overwhelmed and backed in the corner is I look for comedy. I look for something that will make me laugh, and um, it definitely takes away that. It, it brings me back down, and I think that's the biggest thing I can ask for. Yeah, um... For me, like, the way I kind of get past the stress of, like, I don't want to say getting old because, like, we're still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Um, but Subjective the, and relative, but... Yeah, like, the whole subject of, like, just aging and getting older um, because it's, like, for... I just want to say, like, to anyone who's listening to this that's, like, younger, like, Gen Z, um, when older people tell you that, like, the older you get, the faster time goes. Like, it's mm-hmm. for real. Um, and I start to, like... There are moments that where I start to get discouraged about where I'm at in life. And I just have to, like, remember kind of, like, two things. And the one thing is, like, the thing that I mentioned earlier about not everyone is going to be on the same timeline. Yeah. And just because you are quote unquote behind someone in life, which I hate even saying that matching the standards of the person next to you. Yes. And I find myself doing that a lot. Like I'm constantly comparing myself to my peers. Um, and like what you see on social media, uh, which I will have, we will have another episode about, we've talked about this, having a full episode about social media Mm -hmm. and it's, more negative effects on mental health, but we'll get to that. It's a longer, much longer story. Um, but I find myself comparing myself to people and it's just like 
constantly having to remind myself that everyone works on their own schedule. Everyone works on their own timeline and grows on their own. Like I think if we all replicated each other, life would be miserable for everybody because it'd be we like would uh, all have the be, same things. It'd be like that scene in that horrible Cat in the Hat live action where God, all the houses me, that like me. all the houses look the same uh, and all their cars look the same. They all leave for work at the same time, and it's just not. God, don't get oh, me it's up horrifying. before eleven a.m. Anyways, <laughs> um, it's like. I think just like moving at your own pace is important. And I I meant to do more research on this, but you look at like six, there's like certain successful people, not even necessarily just actors or musicians, but some people who own businesses, run businesses that like they didn't even really get started until their thirties, forties, even fifties. Um, and it's like, that's how I keep pushing myself along because I'm like, eventually like I still have a, hopefully a long life ahead of me. Yeah. I have plenty of time. I can't do this podcast on my own. You better. Yeah. I have plenty of time to get where I really want to be in life. And I also have to think about like, you know, I, I'm married very happily. Um, I, we have a pretty decent house right now. Um, we have a little cat that gets on our nerves, but she's awesome. A stable lifestyle. Yes. A stable lifestyle. I mean, we're able to pay for our groceries and pay our bills. And I like take that for granted so much. And I'm, you know, constantly just having to remind myself. And I feel like I've said this so many times that like, if you were to take away anything from what I've said or what Carson has said is that you are unique in the way that the way that your life is headed is going to be different from other people. Mm -hmm. And just because you're not where somebody else is does not make you any less of a person. Yeah. And it does not make you, um, slow in life. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you, um, like lonely. Um, it doesn't make you unsuccessful. It just means that you're moving at a different pace, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. You're personalized to your own standards, and I think that it's a great thing. There's many times where I'll, you know, even be in a conversation with somebody else, and I'll say, being single has benefited me more than it has harmed me, because look at all the good I've been able to do because I've been single and available to others. And I think about that, and it's like as much as it sucks for me personally and mentally, and I'll work on it as I grow, and the right timing will be the right timing, or it'll never happen at all, I can see the good from where my mind is telling me being single is a negative thing at 28 years old. And I think it's just all about the attitude that you have with it. And I know that, you know, I'm not going to be abandoned by my friends anytime soon because I've established a really close connection and rapport with them and I trust them with my lives. So yeah, it's definitely helps me. Um, and just to anybody out there that whether you're, whether you're close with us, whether you're not close with us, um, Karsten and myself, Karsten more so because he stays awake until 4am. Yes. <laughs> We're I'm the kind of people available. that if you call 
us in the middle of the night, like we're going to be there for you. Yeah. And I think like, it's so important to surround yourself with people that are that way that are willing to pick up the phone when they're half asleep at two in the morning to just like talk about, you know, like, Hey, like I'm having a hard time. Like I just need somebody to vent to somebody to talk about this with. Um, and just to kind of segue into the kind of ending of this episode, just kind of wrap everything up. Um, on our website, uh, mhmpod.com, uh, you can reach out to us, not just through Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can also find uh, my per- personal phone number. Carson's on personal there. cell number is on there. Um, if you need to talk at any point with us, uh, whether through a call or text, that number is there. You can choose to remain completely anonymous. We mm-hmm. will not judge you. Um, but I also want to add to that that if you are having thoughts of suicide or self-harm, that there are hotlines out there and, and there are resources available. out there and experts. Because after all, um, we're just, I think... Uh, Kendrick Lamar said this, that we are just suicidal kids telling other suicidal kids that suicide isn't the answer. Yeah. And there are professionals out there that um, understand the brain chemistry of like why maybe not like completely 100% understand the way that like why you feel the way that you feel, but they'll be able to talk you through it and actually have like a professional um, mindset about it. But and just a lot know, of them are volunteers too, yes. you guys. Don't think that people are getting they're paid just, to talk you out of the killing money. yourselves. It's not <laughs> no. a state-required job. It's people that love you like we do. And it's people that just really give a shit about a human life. And I think that's one thing that we started this and we stand for. And, you know, that's why I put my personal phone number on the mental health website uh, is because there's a lot of things that, you know, we'll crack jokes and we'll talk shit about each other and, even with the guests, it's like we're fun people. But the one thing that I personally will never fuck around with is when it comes to somebody else's mental health. And yeah. it's personal to me. And I make it so because when we talked about our story, we didn't talk about the deaths of what I dealt with with and how it affected me. And for you, it was with and why we care so much and why we want to invest so much with you is to see you alive at the end of the day because it personally affected us in a way that made us stronger after it ruined us. And I mean, it ruined us for a while and we think about it daily. So mental health is something that we both take seriously. That's why we take this podcast and this particular episode seriously um, is because we give a shit about you and we love you all. And at the end of the day, your life is important and you're valued as a human being that you are regardless of anything, anything that you've done in your past. It's non-judgmental. It's a safe zone for you. So please talk to us. And if not to us, talk to your circle. And if not to your circle, talk to professionals because uh, one life in your life is more important than anything else that could be taken away from you. Um. But just know that you matter, you're loved. Even if it's hard to grasp right now, your life has a purpose. Um, and you ve- you may very well, just by you being here, save someone else's life. Yeah. And I'm not over-exaggerating in any way. Um, 
you know, I think at some point we will have an episode over the topic of like losing friends, losing people close to you, Mm -hmm. um, to suicide. Um, because I think it's important to kind of talk through those feelings. Um, and they're, they're feelings that I've felt over the past year. I'm sure they're feelings that Karsten, you have felt over the past year. God dang it. This is, I just remembered the thought that I lost like two, 20 minutes ago and it's going to be an awkward cut, but if not, here we are. And, ah, fuck. Um, no, I was just thinking about and how we're also going to bleep her name out, but also the standards that she put on with me with the relationship. And now we're so far into the episode where it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> because I don't even know where the thought was going or what we were talking about with the relationship or why I was happy. And it's just a whole... Uh, so, and now you know also how ADHD works with me when I lose a thought and then I remember it, but now it's not important for me to remember it. And this will be a bonus content <laughs> and clipped and edited. So, once again, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, this was a very fun episode. We will see you next week. Thank you guys so much for all the support, all the kind words. Um, just keep them up. And also, if you have any hate mail, send it our way. We love hate mail. The um, second number of my social security number is seven. There you go. We got seven and seven so far. Come back next week for the next number in Karsten's social security number. We are out. We'll we see you next you week. Thank you we so much. We love you.